Welcome to Teaching Elementary Mathematics Podcast with Dave Blake. This week we're going to talk about teaching third grade mathematics and we're going to talk about before the school starts what the planning should look like. You need to plan well before you start teaching. This way you can get an understanding of what you're going to teach, where it's going to lead to, and what those assessments are going to look like. Before you start teaching you should look at your core standards that you're going to teach. Most states use the common core state standards or a variation of those. In third grade, there are four main f points that you should focus on. Number one is developing an understanding of multiplication and division and strategies of multiplication and division within 100. This is the core of fourth grade or of third grade mathematics. The second one is developing an understanding of fractions, especially unit fractions. Fractions start back in kindergarten where they are asked to cut a shape in half and it builds and now we're looking at in third grade this is the first time they actually see the numeric representation of a fraction. The third point is develop understanding of the structure of rectangle, rectangular arrays and of area. This is great build for the application of multiplication and division. The fourth point is describing and analyzing two-dimensional shapes. This is one of those side tangents that build every year in the geometry part of mathematics that can be uh, emphasized every day or taught in a short amount of time. These four things are what you should focus on. Now these are not the only thing you should teach, but these are the things that you should focus on and everything should lead to one of these four points. So an, exa an example in third grade is in the core it talks about adding and subtracting within a thousand. The difference between the second grade core and the third grade core is in the second grade core it says add and subtract within a thousand using strategies. And in the third grade core it says add and subtract within a thousand. That is not to say they can't use strategies, but it is to say that they've already learned it so maybe now it's becoming more fluent. One of the strategies that you should use is you should go to the second grade team at your school and ask them what are some of the strategies that you use to teach adding and subtracting. In doing this, the second grade students will become familiar with the strategy that you're using because they've already seen it in second grade. One of the reasons why there's a drop between one grade to the next and some teachers think, oh, these kids come in knowing nothing. Part of it is is because they haven't learned that concept. For example, in third grade, they haven't learned adding and subtracting in third grade from you. So you need to think about that. What can we do to bridge that gap between the way their teacher taught it and the way you're going to teach it? What are some of the ways that you're going to teach it so that they can remember the way they learned it last year? If your teacher used some kind of math mat, or some kind of organizer so they can organize between the different place values, I would recommend you get a copy of that from your second grade team and ask them if you can use that and use it with the students so that they can build off of that. Now, that's not to say that's the last place they're going to be with adding and subtracting because adding and subtracting needs to become more fluent in third grade. But it's a great start and a great place to build. And as you do this, the students from your new third graders will be able to 
build off of what they already know. So adding and subtracting does need to be taught, even though it's not one of the four main focuses. But as you go through your standards and you go through your book, if you use one, you need to look and you need to say, which of these four main focuses from the core will this tie into? Will it tie into multiplication and division? Will it tie into fractions? Will it tie into rectangular arrays and area? Or will it tie into uh, the dimensions of a two, or analyzing a two-dimensional shape? As you focus on these things, your lessons will become more fluid. Now, as you break down that first one, and you talk about multiplication and division, what are some ways that you're going to start? What are your main focuses? What are the things that you're going to emphasize to the students, either verbally or subconsciously? The other day I was in a bunch of different third grade classrooms, and I was observing them teach almost the exact same lesson. None of them mentioned that you need to memorize these facts. None of them mentioned that you need to understand how an array relates to multiplication. But they did, in the way that they delivered it, emphasize, without saying the words, you need to memorize these facts. Or others emphasized, without saying any of the words, you need to understand what multiplication is. That it's equal groups. That it's putting apart, or putting together, equal groups. You could tell by the way they taught, by the way they focused, what their educational philosophy was for learning multiplication. So you need to think about what is your educational philosophy? Is it that they need to memorize it? Now in the third grade core, it does say that they need to know from memory the multiplication facts from zero to nine. So what does that mean that they need to know their multiplication facts from memory? Does that mean that they have to know them within one second? Does that mean that they have to know that within five seconds? Does that mean that they have to be able to visualize an array of that problem and uh, know that it's repeated addition and do it that way? I don't feel like they need to memorize them as of this point. Now I've brought this up with other teachers and they've said, but in the older grades, they need them to memorize it. No. In the older grades, they need them to understand what multiplication is. They need them to understand the distributive property. They need to have them understand that seven times three is the same as five times three and two times three. Because factors will become better. They'll be able to un have their better number sense. So as you start to plan your year, you need to really start to think about what is my educational philosophy? Is my educational philosophy that the students need to memorize their facts? Or is my educational philosophy that my students need to understand their multiplication facts? I would say understanding your, multi your multiplication facts is way more critical than memorizing them in the third grade. I have taught K through eighth grade, and I have seen the kids who understand multiplication are way better at the higher level grades in math than those who have just memorized their multiplication. Now, as they start to understand and see it multiple times, they will start to memorize their facts. But this is not to say that we need to time them 
We don't need to give a timed test. We don't need to give them flashcards. What we do need to do is have over multiple weeks, have them draw visual representations of each of the different multiplication facts. What does an array look like? What if we did an area model? What if we did a box that had three by five? There are multiple different ways of doing this. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to discuss what are some of the ways that we can prepare for the school year so that we can get a good visual representation of what math really means. Now, as you're preparing and wondering, what should I teach? Where should I go? How does this build from one thing to the next? There's a few resources, one being AchieveTheCore.org. This has a great progression from kindergarten all the way up through high school of how multiplication ties in. Where does it start? Does it really start in third grade? Or does it start back in second grade when they're supposed to do repeated addition? Or does it start in first grade when they're really learning the foundations and they're learning doubles? This is where multiplication really starts. The other one is uh, Graham Fletcher does a great job of a uh, progressions chart. You can find that at gfletchy.com of what the multiplication starts where it uh, is taught in third grade and where it goes after third grade. So as you progress with your planning during the summer, you need to start with what are the standards. You need to look at all of the core or all of your standards. You need to find the four main focuses, multiplication, fractions, arrays and area, and two-dimensional shapes. And you need to think, okay, how does this tie in? As we progress along, one of the standards in third grade is that they can tell time to the nearest minute. We'll talk about where that fits in and how that fits into one of these four uh, focuses. But as we move forward, I want you to think for yourself, what are the connections that need to be made? What are the connections that uh, will help the kids progress one of the greatest things that we can do to help kids progress along their learning is we can tie it to prior knowledge. And so not only are you looking where does these things tie in, but what is their prior knowledge that will tie into this? How can I start with multiplication but tie into something that they began to learn in second grade? Is that repeated addition? Because in second grade they need to know how to do repeated addition. Is that drawing pictures? Because in the younger grades in kindergarten, they need to draw a representation of each multiplication or of each number. And so, what are you going to do to tie this in? The next thing you need to talk think about is what does proficiency look like in each one of these standards? And what I mean by that is if you could write a problem or maybe two or three problems that you would give your kids and say, if they can do this they are proficient. So for example, if you're developing an understanding of multiplication and division, would a problem that says 5 times 2 be sufficient for their understanding? Or would we want a question that says, draw a picture of this type of problem? Or would we want one that says, write the multiplication facts that can equal 24? 
What type of problem do you want that can show proficiency for each one of these standards? As you go through and you have proficiency, this will be a great guide as to what you should teach. Now some teachers say, well, I shouldn't teach to the test. Well, that's wrong. If you create the test and you know what proficiency should look like, you should teach to the test. And that is different than saying we should teach the test. The difference is, is that when we teach to the test, we have clear goals of what proficiency looks like. We have a clear understanding of what we want our students to learn. And we know what they need to understand. Teaching the test would be, oh, I know that this problem is going to be on the test, so I'm going to teach them how to do this problem. Those are two different things we need to look at. One is correct, teaching to the test, or teaching to your standards, or your, your objectives, or your learning targets, or however you say that, versus teaching only the problem types that are on the test. If you had a problem that said, uh, what are the multiplication problems that can equal 24 and you said oh let's see so and you taught that question the students are only going to be able to use that information in isolation but if you were to say okay on the board I'm gonna write a number and you need to write all of the multiplication facts that can come up with that and you wrote 12 on the board and one day and then the next day you wrote 25 and the next day you wrote 32 and so on this is helping your students understand, oh, there's multiple ways to represent the same answer. These are all great strategies that you can use, but we want to teach the, for the level of understanding. In our next podcast, I'm going to talk about success criteria and learning targets and how success criteria will help you to get to your learning targets and what the difference is between uh, a success criteria and a learning target. Thank you for joining me. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please uh, share it with your friends. And I will see you next week.